Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sports by the Hour podcast. Today, we're going to do uh, AFC and NFC divisional round, and this is Ethan Schapp, Evan Silk, and Matthew Schwab. Uh, the first game we're going to talk about is the Minnesota Vikings and the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers won this game 27-10. to 10. Who, wants to, who wants to start this one? Uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, on this game, it just showed how dominant the San Francisco defense is. The Minnesota offense never was really able to get off the ground. Uh, main thing I want to like headline right now is Dalvin Cook, nine carries and eighteen yards, averaging two carries a like, two yards a carry. Uh, that's probably I think that's a season low for him of games that he's actually played the full game. Uh. <laughs> I don't really know. I think rushing attempt. They only had 10 rushing attempts, yeah. and Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 29 times, which means that they didn't get a lot of first downs. They didn't get a lot of movement. They didn't get a lot of opportunities. Um, for the second time in the last three or four weeks, uh, they were held to seven first downs. They were held in week 15 against the Packers to seven first downs, and they were held once again to seven first downs, which is just uh, really – it's a really hard number to have. When, it's a really hard number of first downs to have to end win a game when you compare the 49ers' 21 first downs to their seven. So the 49ers just can move the ball at a more, a more, at a more efficient, yeah, more efficient rate. I, I do want to talk about. Um, I was going to talk about Kirk Cousins, um, because I know that a lot of the hate has been that Kirk Cousins, you know, can't play well in primetime games or big games. He actually hasn't looked bad at all in the past couple games. Uh, I wouldn't I, necessarily call this game a good game for it, him. You know, I wouldn't call it a good game by any stretch of imagination, but I wouldn't call it a bad game either. I mean, he like he's getting it done. An eighty-four pass, an eighty-four pass rating is not bad at all. I mean, the league average is roughly ninety-five-ish. So he's he's definitely in that range. And if he didn't throw an interception, which obviously there are mistakes that you need to correct in the offseason training, though. yeah. If you're Kirk Cousins, who's the one cornerback on the 49ers team you would not want to challenge? <laughs> who do you think? <laughs> no, I, I'm asking you, Richard Sherman. <laughs> Guess who we try to challenge a lot more? Richard Sherman. I know, I know, but uh, he made a bad decision, and, you know, it happens. But other than that, I mean, on the day, if you take away the interception, he actually played very well. Yeah, I don't think he played terrible. Yeah, 21 for 29, 172 yards, touchdown. Um, compared to Garoppolo, who only threw 19 pass attempts, went 11 for 19, 131 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Well, they had, um, they ran the ball 37 more times. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for, they ran a total of 47 times for 186 yards and two touchdowns, and through and they ran with five different, six different people. No, five different people. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tevin Coleman, Mostert, Breda, Debo Samuel got to end around, and Jimmy Garoppolo would try to run it for zero yards four times. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, but all in all, or they were able got gained two, lost two, whatever. Oh, okay. Well, they were able to average four yards a carry throughout five different people touching the ball, and to me, that's yeah, pretty, this is pretty good. This is Garoppolo's first start as a starter, so um, bringing him easily, not a high passing game with only 19 attempts, that's probably the best way to start off his career as a first time in a playoff game. Just get most of the work done in the run game, good defense, not ask the quarterback to do too much in his first playoff game. And then next game, if it needs to be against Rodgers with the shootout, if it happens, you can expect him to do better the next time out. 
I do want to say, though, that coming up uh, in the conference championship, I do want to see them try to expand the passing game more and, you know, give Garoppolo more of a chance because he does need to progress. And I know that, you know, obviously they're looking for Super Bowl, but I do believe that Garoppolo will handle the pressure and I think that he'll be able to have a good game. Also, the Packers, uh, the 49ers were the second-best rushing team. What? This isn't yeah, we're not doing, we're not doing the championship. I know, yeah. I know. Uh, the Packers are going to be expecting the run, and so I would just like to see them, you know, open it up, open up the passing game for Garoppolo. Uh, last thing I want to talk about on this game is the team stats in general. So in total yards, San Francisco dominated the Minnesota Vikings with 308 yards to the Vikings 147. Uh, time of possession, Vikings controlled the ball for 21 minutes and 33 seconds, while the 49ers controlled it for 38 minutes and 27 seconds. First downs, uh, the Vikings only got 7 to the 49ers 21, which is a third of the 49ers' first downs. The Vikings' offense wasn't able to convert, they weren't able to get the yards, and they weren't able to control the tempo of the game. Thus, the 49ers controlled the tempo, controlled the game, were able to get the third, the first downs that they needed, and, if, and that just... If you're able to get those three stats, you win a game. I agree. Uh, next thing we're going to talk about is the Green Bay Packers, or the Seattle Seahawks at the Green Bay Packers, and the Packers won this game 28-23. You want to start this one off? All right, I'll start it off. Uh, I think Russell Wilson played, uh, played a great game. Uh, completed 21 out of 31 attempts for 277 yards. Averaged 8.9 yards per uh, pass. One touchdown, zero interceptions. Um, QBR of 90. Passer rating of 106.5. And in the second half, outscored the Packers 20-7. to And brought them back within five in this game. In a game going to halftime, which was 3-21. to And it looked like Seattle's brutally damaged team was kind of out of it. And once again, when you have a great quarterback, a Hall of Famer quarterback, a Hall of Famer coach... You have a chance, even when you're down by eight, three possessions. And once again, Russell Wilson got his team going, started off, and gave him a chance to win the game. Um, the only problem is with has been my knock on the team, especially going to the playoffs against the against the Eagles. And this game is that they're so injury prone. They're a team that is heavy on the run, and then they expect Russell Wilson to play next to perfect in the passing game, which he almost does. But when you lose both your running backs, Penny and Carson, going into it. And Russell Wilson is also your lead rusher in a game where you only ran the ball for 110 yards, and Russell Wilson ran the ball seven times for 64 of those yards, averaging 9.1 yards a carry. And then Marshawn Lynch is the next guy with 12 carries who got 26 yards and averaged 2.2. That's a problem. I mean, um, for me, you can't you can't rely on – I don't understand why they would do this. I would honestly have given it to somebody younger because Marshawn Lynch is what, 35, 36? He's retired like three times. Yeah, and he he thrives on being more physical, fat, fast, more physical, and just a behemoth in the run. And he's he's not all that anymore. He's going to the thirty ones. I I would get. I don't know why they gave him to him twelve times. And he because I mean he only got twenty six yards. And he only averaged two point two. And he had two great goal line runs. But that's that's when he's good. Not in the middle of the field where they were trying to force him. Yep. So, yeah, I think um, Russell Wilson played a great game. I remember last week I was talking about in my predictions that I didn't think DK Metcalf would have a great game, and I thought that mainly due to the cold. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of the cold affected it, but I know that the Packers treated him like a true number one and doubled the man, 
which let Tyler Lockett go off. So they, they, they locked down Metcalf. They wouldn't let Metcalf beat him. So Metcalf had four receptions for 59 yards, but then Tyler Lockett was in single coverage. So he got them, he had them beat on the deep ball on, on deeper targets downfield. And he had nine receptions on 10 targets for 136 yards, averaged 15.1 yards per catch and one touchdown. So this game, uh, I did not expect the Packers to come out on top. I honestly thought that Seattle was going to come out with a win here. Um, my mindset going into it was, if you look at Seattle, they're probably a better road team than they are a home team. Well, they, they have more wins well, on the road. Yeah, they have more wins. They have a better record on the road than they do at I home. Think that's and more attributed to playing worse teams than when they than when they played at home. I mean, yeah, you can give a little bit of credit to that, but they're they're no slouches on the road. They they are very they're a very well constructed team and know exactly what they're doing. Uh, in hostile environments, so, and I still don't think that there's anything particularly special about Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I just don't think that he is classic Aaron Rodgers. He had a, he had a great game. He had a fantastic game because of Devontae Adams. Yeah, but I don't think that there's anything special. Devontae Adams is their biggest asset. I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers anymore, and I don't uh, think it's Aaron Jones. Uh, I disagree with you almost wholeheartedly. I think Aaron Rodgers is the centerpiece of this offense. He is what makes them run. Devontae Adams is a wide receiver. You can't give... The wide receiver obviously makes the plays, and they're, they're a huge part of it, but the ball has to get there. And the, oh, he... Aaron Rodgers is one of the best pocket passers in the league, if not the best at the moment. Uh, and if he needs to roll out, he can. I think he's one of the... He's a multi-tool... He's no Dak Prescott. He's no Deshaun Watson. He's not. He's not as mobile as them, but he can definitely get the job done. And he's the reason the Green Bay Packers are where they are right now. I I don't know. I I don't even know how the Green Bay Packers are where they are right now. That like I genuinely watching them over the course of the year, I haven't seen anything that really pops out of me. Obviously the. Like uh, teams like the Bills had their defense. The 49ers had their defense. The Ravens were all around star-studded. They had Lamar Jackson, everything going for them. Um, the Seahawks had Russell Wilson. The Texans had the Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins combo. I don't really see anything with Green Bay. Um, Green Bay plays the same way the Patriots play for me. It's We're not going to turn the ball over. They, they're very good at that. We're going to drive down the field, and if we need to, we'll take a field goal. They are very um, good at that. I also they're safe. They're conservative. And yes, the team is not one. Of, is not like a blow your team out of the water team, but they keep it close. And they're a team that loves to make the comebacks. It was yeah. shown in the Lions game. Yeah. What they were down by a score, two scores. Mm-hmm. I think it was. And six, six, he came. Nine, and Aaron Rodgers led the team to a five minute comeback. Uh, I will. Say I think Aaron Rodgers is what makes this team like revolve, but. Devontae Adams is definitely the oil for this machine. I will say that it is great coaching in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur has done a fantastic job this year. Um, I think that I think that he has a bright future ahead of him as coach. Anything else? I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna um talk about uh Aaron, I'm gonna read Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams stats. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 69 to 27 times, 
for 243 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, averaged nine yards uh, per catch or per throw. Uh, he had a QBR of 82.7 and a passer rating of 113.7. He played a really good game, um, most impressively on the final drive to end the game. There was two key third downs, third and eight, and then uh, I think a third and seven, where Rodgers comes up to the line, especially the last one, the first down that got it to him. He uh, audibles Devontae Adams' route on the line of scrimmage and has him have a go route where he, or I guess a, a, a fade where he fades to the sideline. This is on like a third and seven. They need this first down to to get the first down in the clock. There's not enough time for the Seahawks to get the ball back. They can need it out. And he throws like a 20-yard pass on the dime. And that's just like you have a you have a, you have your quarterback you trust in, a wide receiver, or a play that you trust in, and they can go end the game here and they don't give Russell Wilson the ball back with 50 seconds left to go and potentially win the game down by five. Yeah. So that's just a big play by Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, and they say, Matt LaFleur goes, I trust my quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers goes, I trust my team, or a.k.a. Devontae Adams, to get the ball to. Uh, Aaron Jones, 21 carries uh, for 62 yards, averaged three yards per carry, but he did have two touchdowns. And then Devontae Adams, who really is the only, I think, receiver uh, Aaron Rodgers really trusts and really has, like, that he can go to. Uh, Jimmy Graham's on the team, but he's come up small um, since he's been in Green Bay, in my opinion. Uh, Adams had eight receptions for 160 yards, averaging 20 yards per catch for two touchdowns, and his long was 40. And then um, on the defense side of the ball, uh, the Smith brothers, uh, Preston and Zadarius Smith, both had a really good games. Uh, they were just in the back for the whole time. I know uh, Zadarius Smith was angry, and he had a shirt underneath his jersey that said snubbed because he didn't make the Pro Bowl. Yeah. So he's trying to show that the Packers paid him this offseason. He, he used to be a Raven. Packers paid him. He went there, and he has made a positive impact on this defense. Yeah. Um, so that's my takeaway from the Green Bay. Um, I had Green Bay winning this game I just, only because Seattle's injuries. I, I think it's just too much to ask Russell Wilson to overcome. I will say one thing, though. Um, I think, Evan, do you need to talk at all? Uh, or are you done? I might have something to go. Because I, I was just going to say that I, I still firmly believe that Jimmy Graham was short of the first down. That, that's the first, that's the first down, on TV. The first down on the TV, the, the first yeah, down on the TV, the, the yellow line was a Mark yard down. farther than it should have been. Was it actually? Yeah, that's yeah. why that's why it was so off. Because uh, like the, the first down marker, like the little like orange thing on the sideline, yeah. was, was here. And the first down on the line on TV was a yard ahead. That's why it looks like he didn't make it. They tricked me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, my biggest takeaway, and the, the, my thing is, the what if factor. Obviously, this doesn't matter. Green Bay came 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 away with a great win, but if the Seahawks have Chris Carson or Penny, this game is a lot different. Well, they could have beat the 49ers in the end of the season too. Yeah. I uh, just. Obviously, that's a what if. Doesn't it? Not not gonna affect what happened. But I I would have liked to see how this game turned out if they have Chris Carson and Penny. If the Seahawks don't lose both their uh, running backs in the last two weeks of the regular season, um, I think they're post. I think the NFC postseason is a lot different because they beat the Eagles. They've gone head to head with the 49ers twice on last second. One was a field goal. One was an inch short for a touchdown. They just lost the agreement by five, and this is with losing both their running backs in the last two weeks. I think this team. Could have gone a lot further if they would have remained healthy. Do you, especially think, in the do you game. think they have a future in the next season? Yeah. I think Pete Carroll will have them. I mean, th- their division is the hardest division. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even though the Rams are up and down, they were the N- they, they represented the NFC in the Super Bowl last year. 49ers in the NFC Championship. Seahawks were 
a touchdown away from being an NFC Championship, and Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are no slouches. They're, yeah, they're, they're I mean, they go gonna, right at you. Make you they go right at it. you. They're going to, like, yes, sometimes Kyler Murray will have a game where he throws a lot of picks, but other times he'll put up 35 on you, and, like, the 49ers played him twice this year, both were shootouts. Uh, that team can score. So. And, if the, and if the Cardinals go for a, any form of lineman in this draft and actually build some form of O-line, there's a future behind that team. Yep. So, so no, I think I do think they'll be good next year, but that division is really, really hard. Oh, yeah. Um, I do think, as of right now, going to next year, they'd be the second best in the division and probably would get another wild card run. So you think the 49ers will retain first? Uh, I think the 49ers are one of the best overall teams in the league. So yeah, yeah, and they're young. As long as Jimmy uh, Garoppolo stays healthy, because we've seen what that happens when he's not healthy like last year. Jimmy, I just, Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo is fantastic. For me, with the obviously we've already talked about the 49ers, but for me, the 49ers, the like, thing that has set them apart in the division, in the league, is that they can come out on, with a four-string running back and get 100, 160 yeah, yards. Yeah. And, and the coaching, just the, the schemes of these runs are fantastic. Yep. Just Kyle Shanahan's doing a really good job there. Yeah. Uh, next thing we're going to talk about is Tennessee Titans at the Baltimore Ravens with the Titans winning 28-12. to uh, Who wants to start this one? All right, I'll start it. Um, I just want to talk about uh, two players in this game, uh, one being the biggest uh, offensive pieces for both teams. Uh, obviously, for the Ravens, it's going to be Lamar Jackson, and then the Titans, it's going to be Derrick Henry. Does any does anybody want to try to tackle Derrick Henry? That would that would be that would be nice. Uh, you know, thirty carries, one hundred ninety five yards, six point five yards a carry. It had a sixty six yard run. Stiff arm, Daryl Thomas, so hard he turned him into a lead blocker. Uh, it, what he like what he's done in the past three games to propel his team forward has been insane i i believe he set the record for most rushing yards in the first four games of a postseason career in the first four postseason games in that career i know he's the single leading rusher in a postseason game with 195 yeah and the titans in this game made the uh postseason record in rushing yards yeah with, uh, uh what was it how many yards did they rush they rushed. They rushed for 217 yards, um, and then for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I spent a lot of time defending him after the game, but I I do want to say that it's okay. He had a bad game. He, I mean. The, the the stats the stats say differently. Uh, you know, three hundred sixty five passing yards. One hundred forty three rushing yards over yeah. five hundred total yards. Yeah, five hundred total yards. He had two hundred more yards than the entire Titans team. But to me, going back and you know watching parts of the game, a lot of those yards came in the fourth quarter when it seemed like everything was lost. A lot of those yards were in garbage time. A lot, well, especially the passing yards and rushing. Well. A lot of those yards were late in the game when the Titans were playing back to prevent the big play. A lot of those yards were when they only had one QB spy. A lot of the time they either had one or two and were rushing they four, had, sometimes they had, five. They uh, had 54 drop back into QB spy every single play. Not every single play, but three out of four plays of every single set of downs, I saw that man drop back. So I don't 
I wouldn't say that they necessarily gave up because he kept no, no, on no, doing no. the same thing. No, they didn't give up, but they kind of slowed down the pressure. I mean, I never saw two spies on him. I, 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 saw, I saw two spies one. on him a couple times. Who was the um, other spy? What? Who was the other guy dropping out back as a spy? I couldn't even remember the first spy. But there were they were they were pressuring him a lot, and I, I got to give a lot of credit to Mike Vrabel. Uh, in this game, I think that he outcoached John Harbaugh. Uh, there were a couple poor decisions made by Harbaugh in this game. Uh, one specifically being, uh, I, I forget exactly what quarter. I believe it was the second quarter, or when the Ravens were down fourteen to six, and Harbaugh had a fourth and one on. I believe it was the Tennessee thirty-five. Yeah, like thirty-five or forty. Yeah. And Harbaugh elected not to go for a fourth down. Or to go for it on fourth down. Um, we went to, uh, the Ravens went for two fourth and ones and didn't get either one. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that could have made the game a lot closer. One touchdown would have put the Ravens in the lead. Uh, instead, uh, gave the ball right back to the Titans. They went down. Um, and I don't believe no, they scored. They ended at 14 6 at that They time. ended at 14 6. Um, the Ravens just look sluggish. Um, I do want to say that if, you know, Mark Ingram and Mark Andrews were 100% healthy, I feel like this would have been a significantly closer game. And and going into this, I thought that, you know, Tennessee, they're no scrubs, and they can get the job done against some pretty good teams. I mean, they handled the Chiefs pretty well uh, earlier in the year. Um, so I thought that, you know, it was going to be closer than everybody was saying. A lot of people were like, it's going to be a blowout for Baltimore. Uh, I thought that it was going to be maybe a one or two score game. This was not what I was expecting. I was expecting Baltimore to come out by maybe three to seven points. Um, they, they had a bad day. There's not much you can say about it. The whole team looks sluggish. And they if, couldn't get anything done. Shrav, you don't mind me calling you out. Didn't last podcast and you say that it was Ravens, no question? I did quote say. Quote for quote? I did say that it was Ravens, no question. I never said that it wasn't going to be a close game. I'm pretty sure that no Nine question out of ten times the Ravens win this game. But it's not the same score every time. They're not going to blow out the Titans every time they play them. They play them next year. Yeah. Yep. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Um, I just want to talk about highlight players for the Titans. Because, I mean, the Ravens, we, we all, the story has been told. I mean, I'm going to go over everything, I think, but yeah. it's going to be a minute. So <laughs> You're good. Uh, Marquise Brown. <laughs> hey, you stud it up. Um, uh, seven receptions, 126 yards. That great that, one-handed, that, that one-handed got, catch. It, that and then he got clobbered in there. I mean, props to him for but, hanging on. Um, I'm going to talk about the Titans' defense from what I saw with... Uh, I'm definitely going to butcher this name, so I apologize. Kamali Korea. Korea. Uh, number 44. I saw that man in our backfield. It, just getting pressures. I think he has a sack or two on the day. Um, One sack, one tackle for a loss, one QB hit. And I just saw him getting through the line. I I loved his how he was playing. Obviously, sucks that it was against... The Ravens, but 
He played great football along with Rashawn Evans. Like he was probably one. He probably played one of the best QB spies I've seen in a long time. Like he was dropping back and filling the holes that needed to be filled every single time that uh, he went to go run. This game for me was the Ravens didn't want it as much as the Titans did. Lamar wanted it, but the rest of the Ravens team kind of didn't show up. So for me, it was more of a enthusiasm, momentum of the Tennessee Titans whole season so far. Going from the underdogs to the barely making it to the playoffs, and then beating the Patriots, and then going to the Ravens and beating the number one seed. It's a story. It is a story. It's a, it's a huge story. I do want to call out one defensive player on the Titans who I thought isn't getting as much recognition as he should. Adoree Jackson played a very good game. He did. He is a very a fast, very strong, physical cornerback that has I have yet to find a flaw. Adoree um, Jackson. He's kind of. Well, I I've, I have found one flaw. He doesn't read routes that well. Yeah. He doesn't jump the ball, but he keeps up. He, he can keep up with anybody. I mean, I saw him keeping up with Marquise Brown throughout the course of the game. and I mean, he did get burnt on Marquise's one-handed catch 40 yards down the field. But uh, other than that, I saw him keeping up with guys like Miles Boykin. He would he would get burnt on a route maybe like five yards out and then instantly catch up, blanket them. It, 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 was, it was amazing. He, Lamar didn't want to throw his way, and that, that clearly showed. I think the person that Lamar was looking at the most for was probably Kevin Bayard. Kevin Beard. Bayard. Kev- Butchered his name. Sorry, Kevin Bayard. That's your boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that man was all over the field. Even though the one interception that he had, I wouldn't count that as an interception. I would count that as Mark Andrews didn't hold on to the ball. Yeah. Um, but he, it's the, nonetheless, it's an interception. And he was just being a ball hawk. Everywhere, everywhere the ball went, he was kind of falling behind. He wasn't a... He didn't really make an impact on the game other than that, other than the fact that he was just there, the, his presence. Um, also, the last thing I want to talk about in this game is Ryan Tannehill. Um, <laughs> I don't think Rabel lets him throw <laughs> in the uh, postseason. He's like, yeah, you're going to hold on to the ball. He has two wins with under 100 passing yards in both games. Yep, I mean, I mean, another win. It, it's but working. I can expect the under 100 passing yards against the once, once a team just crowds that, crowds that box, will he be able to perform how he did in the regular season because as of right now this this game against the Ravens he had seven completions with 14 attempts only 88 yards 6.3 yards per average of 6.3 yards per throw two touchdowns zero interceptions so that is you can't really get better than two touchdowns zero interceptions but it's still he only threw the ball 14 times so it just shows how reliant on Derrick Henry this team is and I'm kind of for me, it's kind of scary because I think Derek, if they keep him relying on Derrick Henry like this, he'll become another uh, Todd Gurley. Derrick Henry got 30 carries, and out of the seven completions, he had two of those completions. So that means that well, Ryan Tannehill well, only threw five other passes well, to the other player. Well, 31 carries, one of them being the team in this game. Yeah. <laughs> one of them yeah. being the team. Um, so my thoughts on this game was, one of the things I said in the last podcast was that uh, the Ravens, Starters, as in Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Andrews, the three main players. I think those would be the three main. Yeah. Um, all didn't play for the last 20 days, missing the Steelers game and then the bye week. So they haven't gone through week 16. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mark, Mark Andrews was banged up. He could have played. Like, if we would have needed that week 17, Lamar would have played, Andrews would have played, Ingram would have missed. But uh, so I said that 
I would think our offense would come out a little slow, and we need our defense to keep us in the game. Um, going into halftime at 14-6, uh, uh, I thought they had played an ugly first half, but we were getting the ball at halftime, and yeah, and you're only down by eight. You're still in the game. But, however, our offense did not wake up, and we only posted another six points in the second half. And overall, um, I don't blame Lamar Jackson. However, I do have two big critiques on him that uh, I think will come in time. Um, number one, on his fumble where he threw a pick. He just... threw the pick to the to the um, flats and got picked off. And then the fumble was the very next drive. He had a fumble and a pick in back-to-back drives. And when... I understand he's frustrated because our receivers had a very bad day as a whole. Um, they posted seven drops on the day, and the coverage there there was almost there was no breakaway wide open. Um, Marquise Brown in the fourth quarter did get uh, open, and he found some holes in the big zone they were playing, like Schwab said, so we couldn't get the big play. Um, but they do let you get open midfield, like open in the middle of the field plays because you, they can continue there, but. Um, my two big critiques on Lamar, one being the fumble, it seemed like a frustration play. Uh, I think the total time he sat in the pocket on that play was six seconds, uh, with Lamar. If he's sitting in the pocket for two seconds, normally he's rolling out and running around making the play, but it was almost like, I'm going to sit here in this pocket until either one of my receivers gets open, which no one did, which is the story of the day, or until I get hit. And he just sat there and sat there and sat there. And eventually the bro- the blocks broke down and he got blown up from behind and he found the ball. And that was on our own like 30, which at that point to me, it was almost looked like he didn't even care what was happening. My second big critique on him would be uh, when, Marquise, uh, when Marquise Brown makes that big one-hand catch right before halftime. Uh, the Ravens had 11 seconds on the, on the uh, clock and they had no timeouts. Um, if you have 11 seconds and you're at first and goal or whatever, you need to have two shots. You need to have two shots at the end zone. So you, you hike the ball. Lamar makes his first read, his second read. No one's open. There's about seven seconds left. And instead of throwing the ball away and going to the next play, he tries to roll out like he's done all year. So he rolls out, he stumbles, and then he starts to get hit by a player and throws the ball away. And therefore, he runs the clock all the way down to three seconds, and we have to just go out for the field goal, and there's no time to have your second shot at the NFL or at the touchdown. He needs to know. As a, a veteran quarterback would know this, he needs to know in the playoffs when we, we haven't scored a touchdown, if we score a touchdown, it's a four-point game. Uh, he needs to know once he makes his first read or second read, just throw that ball directly at the back of the goalpost, throw it out of bounds, and then you get you get another chance. Where the where your first two reads, you get your one read, two read doesn't work, just throw it away, you get another chance. But he went in him trying to extend the play and do pretty much his Lamar thing, just wasted all the time, and we never we, he ended up throwing the ball away anyway, and we didn't get a second shot. Uh, I think in time that will come. But overall, uh, yes, he, his worst game of the year was this game. Uh, it was the playoff game. Yeah, I mean, 500 total yards. I mean, I don't think I don't think this is, he's the reason why we lost the game. I'm just saying. That's what everyone's going to say. Like, oh, he can't win the playoffs. The man's 23 years old. He's taking our team. He's the reason we made the playoffs last year. He's going to be the MVP this year. Uh, amazing experience. And he's only 23. Uh, Joe Burrow's going to go for number one overall. Is older than Lamar Jackson coming into the league. Lamar's has two and two playoff game experiences on Burrow just due to age, just about coming into the league. So, I mean, that's not a shot at Burrow, I'm just saying. Like, he's still an extremely young player who has had all this all this experience in the NFL whole entire season and two playoff games. So, I only expect him to get better. Um, I think coaching-wise, uh, one thing that I think happened way too early is that the Ravens threw out their game plan of running their option with Ingram, a tight end, Lamar, 
um, way too soon. Lamar threw the ball 59 times, which is by far a high this season. It was almost like we were, since we were down by we were down by 14 or down by eight at some point that we couldn't run the ball anymore. Even though that's what we thrived on all year was running the ball, and then once they commit heavy to the run, throwing it over top on them. Um, I think Mark Ingram was not 100% healthy. He was not getting the extra little yards he does on like third and twos, which would lead us to fourth and one, which I know all season the Ravens have gone for fourth downs, but if you if you consistently can't get third and shorts, what makes you think you're going to get a fourth and one? Especially when you're backed up on your own field and we went for it anyway. And both times when we snatched it, it wasn't what we normally do where on a normal QBC where you just go right behind the center and push through. Or we have Lamar roll out and he can either flip the ball to a receiver, like downfield, or flip the ball back to a, a running back or running himself. It was like he hiked the ball from shotgun, ran up, and then tried to look for blocks to set up on a fourth and one. It just didn't make any sense to me. Didn't he hike it from a pistol? Yeah, from a pistol. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah, and that's not a shotgun pistol. And it just didn't make much sense to me. It's, it looked like he was trying to find a hole instead of just pushing through and both times turn on turnovers. And I think our secondary played, or our receivers played pretty bad. I mean, you almost want to. I also think, um, yeah, Mark Ingram had six carries for 22 yards. And I think we could have got Gus Edwards way more involved. Oh, we had him on the first two drives and then never again. He had three carries for 20 yards and he averaged 6.7 yards per carry. I don't know why he wasn't used more. And then for our defense, um, coming into this game, we knew Derek Henry was going to be their only real threat of beating us. And he still ran for 195 yards on us. And I understand, yes, he's a very good and hard man to tackle, and he, especially the last few weeks. Um, but then on the other side, our secondary needed to know that the way the, off, the Titans score is they run the ball. And then they wait for you to bite on the run, and then they hit you with the play action, kind of similar to the Ravens. So especially on the touchdown throw that Ryan Tano had over the top to, um, what was his name? Like Eaton? Number 81. Yeah, I don't even remember his name. Um, Raymond or the other guy? Corey. Yeah, it was Raymond because Corey Davis was the, um, what's it called? Was Derek Henry's throw to Corey Davis. Yeah. Or was it Jonu Smith? It oh, yeah, it was Raymond. So, Kaif Raymond. Um, Marlon Humphrey, who is an, a Pro Bowl and first-team All-Pro cornerback, was in coverage. And when you are committing 8-9 to nine to the box, especially in coverage, you know that you can't bite on the double move. And that's exactly what Mar uh, Marlon Humphrey did. He bit inside on the double move and then tried to get back and was already burnt downfield. And I think you said Chuck Clark is the one that got caught in the middle of the field and didn't realize yeah, it fast enough. He, he was supposed to be playing middle relief, and he cut, he bit for the play action to try and make a play on the left, right side. So, yeah, the Ravens, the secondary, back. like, they need to have the linebackers and D-line need to step up and make a play on Derrick Henry. And the communication and, was not there. And the secondary can't bite on the short. I know Hamon Humphrey's trying to jump around and make a big play, but instead he got burnt deep and it gave him a free touchdown. And especially in a game where our offense is struggling, you can't give that up in the first half. And that's exactly what we did, so... Overall, um, Ravens came out flat. A very disappointing game. And any other closing thoughts on this game? Uh, fantastic catch by Yonu Smith. Yonu Smith? Yonu Smith. Huh? Fantastic catch by him. These okay. Two were, these two were down and on it, but it was a catch. Uh, you can't split the cheeks. That's what the announcer said online, on live TV. <laughs> can't split the cheeks. He's out of bounds. And now the, the Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs games. Uh, Texans 31, Kansas City 51. Um, I'll give you the first quarter. Take it or leave it. I think, I think this single-handedly proves that Patrick Mahomes is just 
he's a he's a tier one quarterback in the NFL, and he's on a and he's and that tier is only him. It's he's he's a different breed. He's above. He's I mean, not not bad. Not based on like like history and everything like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, but like based on right now skill wise, he's on a tier by himself, and I think this proves it um, without a doubt. Without a doubt, I think this proves it. Um, do you want me to give the overview of the game? I'll give the overview of the game. So the Houston Texans went up 24 to nothing um, off of two big special team plays, actually. One was a Tyreek Hill muff punt, and the other one was a block punt for a touchdown. And that put the Tex- uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in a quick 24 to nothing hole going into the, in the second quarter. And then Kansas City scores um, on, they score on eight straight drives. The first seven of those eight drives being touchdowns, the eighth drive being a field goal, and they put up a fifty-one to seven run and finished the game at fifty-one twenty-one. So they were the only they're the first team in NFL playoff history to be down by twenty and to win by twenty. They were down by twenty-four and by halftime and raised the lead to twenty-eight to twenty-four. And then the first team to ever, um, oh yeah, and no, they were down by twenty-four and they still end up covering the spread by winning by twenty. Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes is just playing out of his mind. Uh. 23 out of 35 passing, 231 yards, 9.2 average per throw, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, 91.5 QBR rating, and 134.6 passer rating. Is that a perfect passer rating? What? 134.6? No. Okay. 158. Oh, okay. And Travis Kelsey um, also had an amazing game. 10 receptions, 134 yards, 13.4 uh, yards per, ca- uh, per catch, and three touchdowns. It's actually kind of uh, interesting because remember how Hopkins in the first round – had the fumble and then goes off for the Bills game. Thielen fumbles against the Saints and goes off for the first game. It wasn't a quick because the, the reason why the Chiefs went down so far is so the two special teams plays and then two quick drives that ended in three and outs. Kelsey drops an easy like yeah, third that. and five. Oh, uh, hold up, yeah, he had 10, 10 receptions on twelve targets. It's something. Both his drops came in the first two. It hit him right in the hands for a first down. He dropped it. He punches the ground. And then goes on to catch three touchdowns for 134 it's yards. Like, uh, do you remember that one catch? I think it may have been two seasons ago, maybe or maybe earlier. Alshon Jeffrey drops that. He mm. catches it 99 out of 100 yeah. times. That's, that's one of those things. It like just Chelsea doesn't. He drop drops that. it. It drops it, and it and the same thing with like Hopkins and Thielen fumbling. It just lightens something in them the, where they just go just, off. Their their adrenaline levels just go through the roof. Yeah, and I think I mean like this is such an amazing game. Um, Patrick Mahomes literally played out of his mind. But it's interesting to do. Like, I know, like, everyone says, oh, he has all these speed threats and everything. Tyree Kill had a fumble in the punt return and only had 41 yards and three catches. So he did this even without kind of Tyreek Hill. Now, yes, they still had to cover him and deal with him in the passing game, but he didn't have any production in this game. And Mahomes is still able to come back down 24 in one quarter. He scored and after Kelsey, he scored 28 in one quarter. And after Kelsey, the most target, the most targeted, or at least the guy that has the most receptions <laughs> after him is a running back. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, Sammy Watkins. And then, I'm sorry, no, uh, it's Tyree Kill. Yeah, I, with three. I, I looked yeah. at it wrong. And then it's Damian Williams, who is tied with the rest of the yeah. whole wide receiving core. So yeah, I just Patrick Mahomes has played an amazing game. Um, Deshaun Watson didn't play terrible. 31 uh, completions out of 52 attempts. Zero t- interceptions. Two interce- uh, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 388 yards, 7.5 yards per throw. Um, I mean, he put up 31 points. Well, yeah. How much more can you ask from him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brian, uh, Brian Billick, after the game, said that uh, they came into the mindset they didn't need to score 15 this game. Uh, that was his excuse for going for it with the fake punt. Um, which, I mean, I'd, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're playing against the Chiefs, and they're going to they're get the ball, and they're going to score. So it's, I mean, 
I understand if you want to go for a fake punt against uh, a first-year coach or somebody that's going to play it safe and then do just a regular punt coverage. You can't do that against Andy Reid. Oh, no, Andy Reid's Man's been in more playoffs than Bill O'Brien will ever be. <laughs> like, Andy Reid is an absolute Andy Reid is an offensive special teams genius. He can work on his defense, but... This is the best year. Has the best a story for another time. Has. This is the best shot that he's had in his entire career to get a ring. Um, the Texans for me this year, obviously they either don't get off the bus or they they show up. But for me, this whole the recap of this season is Deshaun Watson. It's like the Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. It's like Aaron Rodgers for the Packers. If he doesn't show up, the team doesn't win. If he has even a somewhat off game, the team does not win. He was playing off against the te- the uh, Bills and they got shut out the first first half, and then he comes back and plays an excellent second half and they beat the Bills. And then he comes in here, he plays an excellent first quarter, and at half of the second quarter he played fantastic, and then he kind of fell off. And the Texans were not able to do anything after he kind of wasn't able to perform as. At the highest level that they need him to. I mean, even Hopkins had a good game, but I think once the Texans go up on a 24-point lead, and in a matter of one quarter, they're up 24 nothing at some point in the second quarter, and then they go to halftime and they're losing, I think that's just so demoralizing. Like, I, I think that's one, probably one of the hardest things to come over. Like, yes, you're still in the game, you're only down by four, but you just gave up four straight touchdowns. It's just that defense, they were not able to get, do anything. Nope. Like, J.J. Watt... Well, did, once, once Mahomes got going, seven straight touchdowns, eight straight scoring drives. They're the first team in NFL postseason history to put up 50 points after going scoreless in the first quarter. And that's in three quarters. Um, he scored 51 points in three quarters. Uh, when he's on his best and you let him have the ball, um, yeah, they even didn't even lose. They lost time possession, 25 to 34. But even in those 25 minutes, he could... He can have 434 yards, put up 51 points, and have 29 first downs. I mean, yeah, if you're looking at the team stats, the total yards is very close. And actually, the Texans have Kansas City beat. And total yards, yeah. Total yards. And time possession. Time, yep. And then in first downs, they have, the Chiefs have them beat by six. 29 to 23. That's just capitalizing on opportunities. This was just, I mean, it, if just, you're looking at just team stats... This game is not a th- rushing stats. Rushing stats are very similar too. Houston with 94 and Kansas City with 118, on both on 21 carries. Patrick Mahomes leading for the Chiefs. Yeah, 53 on scrimmage. And Dang. he has no running quarterback. But so, he can definitely, he can definitely run, but he, he shouldn't. He can run, but he, sh- he shouldn't be because if he gets injured, that's oh yeah, if he the get, future. If he, this is just Patrick. This is, I think we will remember this game for a very long time, and I think this is just Patrick Mahomes. Making a statement in the place in the in the uh, postseason, saying they're here and this is like this is going to be a real team for moving forward. Yeah, Some people are saying end of the Patriots dynasty, start of the Chiefs dynasty. It, it is, it really is. Like Patriots. We'll see. <laughs> I I think I think that the Chiefs are going to be here for a while, especially if Patrick Mahomes can stay healthy in the entire think, team around him. Can, you know, yeah, I think if around. Patrick Mahomes is healthy, as long as you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, um, you Patrick, you have a obviously obviously Patrick yeah. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, but I don't know if you can necessarily say dynasty yet. Oh no, oh, no, no, no they have no, to win. No, no, they have to win first. This would be the start of it. I mean, they ran the AFC Championship last year. We just, year. Watched a, we just finished hard. up watching a dynasty. It's, it's hard to believe that any team 
or franchise will be as dominant as the Patriots were for no, I don't a think, two decades. It's not no, it's not realistic to yeah, put any down on the team. I'm just, we're seeing the new I think we could be seeing the new powerhouse flip of the AFC for at least the next I, three or four years. I can agree with yeah. that. I just think that the Ravens are a young team. Oh, the Ravens and the Chiefs, I think would Chiefs be the Chiefs are AFC. a young team. Titans yeah. are a younger team. Yeah. Titans uh, Titans are gonna be good. The Titans are co- I they, don't know. The Titans have. If, they get if the Titans fig- win, and go, yeah, who's gonna be the quarterback? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they get their quarterback figured out, the Titans are gonna be very good. I mean, Tannehill. Are you gonna pay in this offseason? Yeah. Let, let Mariota. Oh, right, Mariota's gone. Yeah, Mariota. <laughs> this gone. is a contract year. Mariota's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't uh, get Tannehill. He's shown that he wants to win, and then you pay him, and then. We'll see. Hopefully, he doesn't get hurt and it becomes another. Oh, reevaluate him at next year. This thing. But, yep. We all go for this one? All yeah. good. All right.